the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Well, everybody, welcome to the SpotTrack.com podcast. I'm Kevin Sylvester, along with the founder of SpotTrack.com, Mike Gennetti. Paul Peck's on assignment, so we miss him this week. Not really. No, but we're, you know what? It takes a couple people to make up for Paul Peck's absence, and one of them is Adam Schefter from ESPN. He will join us uh, in a few minutes here on the SpotTrack.com podcast, so we're looking forward uh, to our conversation with Adam Schefter. But first, let's talk about all the action that's that's happened. Official free agency, the last time we were together, it was prior to the official uh, free agent uh, period where a lot of things were consummated, right? We knew things that were going to happen. Like We knew Kirk Cousins to Minnesota, but then they actually get to sign Kirk Cousins to Minnesota. Yeah, we were kind of in the, in the belly of the beast there on last Tuesday in terms of how this free agency period uh, kind of hashed out because, uh, you know, come Thursday when the actual league year started, it was, you know, sort of radio silence. That's you right. You know, everybody yeah. kind of knew where the dominoes were falling. And uh, we really, in terms of my, my piece of it, it was just kind of finding the details, which is the most important part of the piece, by the way. It's, you know, you hear the reports, you hear the values, you hear, you know, who's going where, but you know, uh, actually diving into these contracts and finding out the true guarantees and things like that. That's, that's where I start to put my work into. And, and that's really where I'm hoping, you know, our, our audience is, is putting their efforts as well, because it's, it's the true contract. It's not, it's the, it's the nuts and bolts of how these things kind of hashed out. And we're going to talk about that a little bit here. Yeah. And the cousins contract, it's a true yep. contract. There's a, there's a couple of incentives in there. Yeah. There's actually additional incentives. So the 84 million is, is all his. He can, Book book it to the budget and and start spending it if you want. Just think about that yeah, for I know. a second, right? I know. Um, <laughs> wow, yeah, that's just astonishing. Yeah, you know where do you go first, right? That's the big question. I don't. Well, he, well, he probably already has everything. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not like he was a poor man's game the last two yeah, years in right. Washington. So that's right. yeah. yeah, so it's yeah. it's kind of like, well, okay, we can get the Bentley we wanted. No, yeah. get another one. <laughs> yeah, we we did a we did a piece. Uh, I think Thursday or Friday at Spot Track where we kind of hashed out a five year span of pay. And only Matthew Stafford is on a better track to make more money than Kirk Cousins over the last five years from, from 2016 to 2019. It's, a, it's an incredible situation for him. I mean, obviously, you know, he went through the ringer on those franchise tags, and, and certainly there was, a, there was a, a situation where Washington didn't want to confirm or, you know, lock him down and, and maybe vice versa from what we're hearing. But he's, uh, he's locked in for three years. It's a true three-year contract, and uh, $84 million is in the bank for him. So. so that was a surprising deal. Yeah. Uh, not that he went to Minnesota, but uh, you know the $84 million And yeah, we'll talk uh, to Adam Schefter about that deal and uh, another special guest, too, uh, when it comes to that deal. Um, what, what other deals surprised you as far as the numbers were concerned, the yeah. free agents? Yeah, I think a few of them were just non-quarterback positions at this point. I, 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 that the deal for Tremaine Johnson that the Jets put down to paper was pretty phenomenal. I mean, similar situation, back-to-back franchise tags with the Rams, sort of a kick to the curb in Los Angeles because of, because of the age and because they were looking to get younger and, and maybe a fresher look there. But man, he uh, he did well to leave town because the Jets pulled him in for forty-five million guaranteed over the course of of two years. That's a two-year forty-five in terms of how that lays out. And uh, it's it's a seventy two and a half million to- million dollar contract in total va- uh, total value. So he, he's going to be the guy. He, he's the next Darrell Revis for that Jets team. He's he's brought in to, to kind of quarterback that that secondary, and it's a big big payday. So that's that's I'd say in terms of the non quarterbacks, that's at the top of the list. And then the second to stay in the AFC East is the the deal that Nate Solder got to leave the Patriots. A lot of people thought the Patriots had to lock him in and keep him as a the blindside offensive tackle for Tom Brady for the next few years. But the Giants came in swing, and they brought in the highest-valued average 
offensive lineman contract in NFL history for Nate Solder. We're mm. talking about a situation where he's worth $15.5 million a year, $35 million guaranteed right up front, uh, set in stone. So he, that's, a, that's a, at least a three-year deal. It's a four-year deal on paper, but the Giants have their left tackle, and uh, they're going forward with that. But uh, I think the most interesting piece will be, you know, is Eli Manning the quarterback for the next two, three years to go with Nate Solder? But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have another conversation about that, I'm sure. Yeah, I'll have to find that out uh, in the draft, uh, mm-hmm. what they do. Sammy Watkins' deal was – yeah. I, I woke up to that one, and uh, I didn't even have my coffee yet, so I had to sit down <laughs> and kind of digest that one because – you know, we're a Buffalo-based uh, show here, and, and we've seen plenty of Sammy Watkins, and I think we uh, we sort of broke that last Tuesday when this came down. But, but man, th- it's not so much that it's three years that it's $48 million, because like I said, that can be funny money at, a lot of times. But Sammy Watkins gets $30 million guaranteed right up front, right now. Huge signing bonus, big first salary. You know, the spread out over two years is, is really nice. They are, that's a new Chiefs regime right now. That's a, that's a situation where they never paid a wide receiver for a dime, you know, and, and they never threw a touchdown pass yeah. you know f- to go with it so they're a new regime a new front office and uh Andy Reid se- certainly made it clear that he wants a legitimate number one wide receiver and a veteran to boot to go with the really a young core I mean when you put on paper what, what that offense is going to look like and, and even financially you know we're going to do a lot with that over this spring here but you've got a you've got a dirt cheap Patrick Mahomes in terms of his rookie contract you've got a you know Kareem Hunt you've got Tyreek Hill You've got Kelsey on a pretty a pretty decent deal for a tight end, and now you've got Watkins, who's the sort of the grandfather here, you know, the old man, <laughs> with the ma- with the massive payday, you know, sort of reeling it all together. And uh, that Chiefs offense looks pretty good on paper, but man, did they pay Watkins? Yeah, they certainly did, and you know, but they're paying on potential. That's not it's not That's about right. what he's done. He's young. Yeah, he's got great hands. He's got speed. He just can't stay on the field for more than four weeks. So right. that's the, that's to me that's the red flag with that money. Well, but you know, great deep threat. Likes to get the deep ball, and Mahomes has the rocket. Look at if it right? all wor- if it all works, they're going to be as exciting as, as this Eagles team and this Rams team we saw last year. So they're they're certainly putting a formula together, you know, in terms of how this is working. And he's sort of the final cog in that wheel. But if he's if he's healthy and this works, you know, there's going to be no complaints. All right, one more, one more before we get to Adam Schefter. How about Malcolm Butler, who goes from not seeing a down yeah. in the Super Bowl, uh, going to the Tennessee Titans, and guaranteed. 30 million bucks. It, the Titans are a bit puzzling for me because the Titans sort of came full circle in the last 18 months, right? They let they let the big free agent go last year in terms of AJ Bowie, right? They let him walk. They bring in Malcolm Butler and last year they brought in Logan Ryan from the Patriots. So they're essentially saying, all right, if the Patriots don't want their secondary, we'll take them because mm-hmm. they're good enough for us. What's good for the goose is not good for the gander. But uh, they are paying some serious money to these two cornerbacks. We're talking a combined $60 million guaranteed at signing for over the past two years for Butler and, and Logan Ryan. Uh, it's a situation where they just don't want to think about the secondary because they've, they've made a lot of changes in terms of their safeties. They've gotten some cheap weapons there. Um, they want shutdown corners in a league that's certainly a passing league. So it, it's, it's a formula that seems to be okay. I mean, that's a, certainly an area to pay, you know, quick, decent-sized cornerbacks. You know, for multiple years, you know, they can probably, you know, pay it and forget about it at this point. But uh, they've got a lot of holes to fill in that team. They, they really do. They've got other areas to fill and, and you know, their draft pick isn't fantastic. So uh, I just I'm worried they swung a little too high with Butler and uh, took away too much of their cap space to do a lot of damage going forward. But we'll see how it, how it hashes out in the next couple of weeks here. Yeah, that kind of money that Butler better do it uh, down in Tennessee. Yeah, he will not be sitting on the bench there. <laughs> no, he certainly <laughs> will not. All right. So, you know, we, and I mean Mike, tracks all the money for you at SpotTrack.com. So 
want somebody who follows all the transactions and then looks at the money, well, we'll find out how he does it, is Adam Schefter from ESPN. And here's our conversation with Adam. Adam, we really appreciate the time, given that your phone probably gets buzzed <laughs> 50 yeah. times a second this time of year. That's okay. I appreciate you having me. Thank you very much, Kevin and Mike. Michael, why don't you start off, because I know you got a ton yeah. of questions when it comes to money uh, yeah. with Adam Schefter. Not how much you make, but how much everybody else makes it. <laughs> yeah, Adam. So I, I actually want to start off with you know your, your busy job and your and and what you're doing all day long, and really just how that sort of evolved over the years here. I, I would imagine you know maybe five six years ago, you know doing what you're doing was less daunting in terms of the financial side of it. I, I'm going to have to guess and, and and you know please speak to this, but th- this time of year you're diving into the financial details as much as I am with Spotrac, and and that's a part of your your process now going forward. Well, you guys do a tremendous job of breaking it down and keeping track of the financials. And, you know, I'm interested in financials, of course, to a certain extent. You guys uh, go more in-depth on that. This is how you make a living, so to speak, and how you differentiate yourselves. Me, uh, you know, again, I think uh, I like to think of it as, uh, you know, I'm a jack-of-all-trades and a master of none. You know, I'm touching on a little bit of who's signing where and a little bit of um, – financials and some injuries and some trades, so a little bit of everything. But, you know, this is what you guys specialize in. And now it's a situation where, again, many of the numbers are interesting. Uh, but like I said, you guys make a living off that, so that's that's what you do. So in your process when you're um, reporting on uh, which players are going where, releases, you're looking at the football side of things first, and then, then do you uh, look into the money to see where it fits and how it fits? Yeah, well, sometimes the money is accessible, and sometimes it's not, as you guys know. Sometimes you can get those figures and information quicker than you can others. And, um, you know, like I said, you guys do a great job breaking that down, and and I appreciate some of the guidance from you guys. (laughs) But it's a situation where I'm not spending my time going over the particulars of Kirk Cousins' contract as, as interesting as it might be to a lot of people. Well, and that contract was interesting because it's all guaranteed. Did that, you know, did that blow you away that that much money was guaranteed? Because it's been really the first time that that amount of cash was <laughs> locked in and loaded for a quarterback, guaranteed. You know, it, it it didn't surprise me because it's a case where this was about supply and demand, and there there was a great demand for his services. And so they were able to command what they wanted from other people. So to me, no, no, that, that, that did not surprise me in terms of what they got done for Kirk Cousins. I think that when you've got that many teams interested and you've got a 29-year-old quarterback in free agency, you don't see 29-year-old quarterbacks with starting experience who have a clean medical bill hit free agency. It just doesn't happen that way. And in this particular case, it did, and and so here we go. Yeah, Adam, I actually want to stay right there and kind of have you speak to that because, uh, you know, the process that got Kirk Cousins to free agency was interesting, questionable. I mean, kind of put, put the label you want on it, but, you know, it all kind of wraps itself back to the franchise tag, which has become maybe more of a – a detriment to some teams in terms of how it's being used, whereas the CBA was was originally written to have it, you know, more as a placeholder for, for teams to keep their guys in, in-house. And I think the financials for it have gotten so big that it's kind of gone to a different place. So maybe, maybe if you can yeah, just speak well, to well, how that's kind of hashed out here over the past couple of years. 
Well, you know, what happened was it was it was introduced back in the 90s. Um, I was coming to the Denver Broncos back then. Pat Bowen, the great Broncos owner, was one of the ones who fought for a tag like that to keep his guy in place so that, that the Broncos couldn't lose John Elway. And the Miami Dolphins wanted the same thing with Dan Marino. And so that's where the tag was born from, was to prevent a player like an Elway or a Marino from leaving that market. They, they wanted to avoid that in, in every potential way. And so that that's what you have there, uh, is a situation where you know those teams wanted to make sure that their main franchise guy would not leave. And and, and so that that's where the tag was born from. Yeah, and players seem insulted by the tag, even though it, it you know guarantees them they're going to get a very nice payday for one year. But they want that multiple-year contract, so Mike can put it up at SpotTrack.com, <laughs> you know, in there with the value. I want to talk about, you know, with Kirk Cousins and the quarterbacks this year and what occurred, you know, on March 13th like all the movement in the tampering period, if you will, uh, before that. It was an exciting day for fans. What was it like from your perspective having to follow everything go along and, and break the news and report on what was happening? Well, I, I think it's a case where um, on those days it, it, it gets to be – I mean, you, you're just honestly just trying to keep up with everything <laughs> to make sure that – uh, you're able to track all the news. There's so many transactions that occur. It's such a busy time of the year. There's so much to do. Um, but the fact of the matter is that basically, um, it, it's just it, you know, it's a job to keep up with <laughs> who's getting a job and where. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. And yeah. Oh no, I was, was going to say that with the dominoes when they started to fall. And did you have an idea? Um, going into it because of some of the trades that had happened, you know, the Smith trade, the Tyrod Taylor trade from Buffalo to Cleveland, that that started eliminating some of the teams. Did that help uh, keep track of just that one position so it made you could spend time on the other positions going elsewhere? Um, you know, the quarterbacks were always such a big deal, and the Case Keenum domino came down uh, Tuesday night into Wednesday morning. And it was busy and hectic. And once that one went down, you knew that Kirk Cousins was only going to go to a certain number of places. So that was interesting. And, you know, again, then the other quarterbacks sort of fell into an unpredictable place, like Sam Bradford to Arizona and A.J. McCarron to Buffalo and Josh McCann and Teddy Bridgewater to the Jets. And there was a race that was on for, to get these quarterbacks in-house. And obviously it fell out the way it did, which led to – the weekend trade, which is a big trade, um, and the continued quarterback market fallout that, w- that we're seeing time and time again. Hey, Adam, one of the things we're tracking at Spotrek is uh, we're doing a lot of research in terms of how the, the players are actually moving and being acquired and things like that. And r- really what's coming forward is the past three years, trades have become just a more vital piece for teams in yeah. terms of circumventing this cap, getting the pieces they need, you know, in addition to the draft, which is obviously a slower process. What, what's your take on that? I mean, obviously from your end, you're seeing, you know, these trades kind of pile up and it's really a year long thing. It's not just now and it's not just at the deadline. So what's your take on that? Yeah, well, the one thing that I have noticed, and I've covered the NFL now for 28 years, but the one thing I've noticed is that there's been a blurring of when events used to occur uh, or do occur. 
there used to be a predictable rhythm to it where coaches got fired basically the last week of the season and then right when the regular season ended. And GMs got fired right around there, too. And trades would come off right before the deadline. And now you've got a GM in Kansas City fired the last weekend in June, which mm-hmm. is typically one of the quietest times in the NFL. You've got a GM fired on the EVA training camp in Carolina, which never happened before. You've got quarterback being traded Super Bowl week. I don't remember the last time there was a big trade that was agreed to in the week of the Super Bowl. You've got moves that are made around the calendar. The trade this weekend between the Colts and the Jets, that's a trade that when the Rams and Titans made the move, if my memory serves me correctly, it was the first week in April. Right. And then the Eagles and Browns went the next week. So everything seems to have moved up. There really is no predictable rhythm to moves being made anymore. They just happen year-round. And you never know what's going to happen and when it's going to happen. But that's what the league has become. It, it's You've got a lot of very aggressive people. You've got a strong interest in the fan base. You've got a league that never rests. And the end result is enough fodder to give all of us material to talk about for an awful long time. I was going to ask, how do you plan a family vacation with, a, with that one, anything can happen. It's very, that's, very, that's very simple. You don't go on vacation. <laughs> you know, my wife and I were celebrating our 10-year anniversary when John Dorsey got fired. We just landed in Nantucket for a week, and we hadn't had a week in away in about four years. And it just landed, and I spent the next five hours on the phone. And that's just the way that that it is. Well, that's why you, you, you know, she knew a long time ago, right? That's the deal. That's why she's a keeper. That's why you're celebrating an anniversary with that, Adam. What, what do you expect with this draft? The Jets move. Do you expect more dominoes to fall now with teams want, you know, needing to get up and maybe the Giants hold the biggest chip right now in the NFL draft? Yeah, I mean, listen, the Jets set a market here, and you know what? the teams that would like to come up, I would think, would be Buffalo mainly, maybe Arizona. Uh, you don't know if there's another sleeper team that wants to come up. I, I don't think anybody makes a trade-up for anything other than a quarterback, including the Jets. The idea that somebody would trade up for Saquon Barkley, as great as he is, I, I just don't see that. I think that that's you know, a ridiculous notion. You trade up for a quarterback, and a quarterback only uh, this far out from the draft. You're not trading up you know, five, six weeks out because of a running back. That's just not happening. So, you know, the Jets went up there to go get a quarterback, and, and I think if the Giants are willing to move back, it'll be for a team that wants to come up to get a quarterback. But no matter how it goes, I, I think we're looking at, at the very least, two quarterbacks going in the first three picks, and maybe quarterbacks going with all three first picks. Yeah, Adam, I agree on the, on the running back take. We, uh, we did a piece last week where I was actually breaking down. If the Browns had taken him number one overall, he would immediately which they never were going, which they were never right. going to, by the way. Right, but if they had done it, he would become the highest average-paid running back in football right out of the gate. So you know, it, just in thinking in terms of the money, that's it's just outrageous that you know for a four-year contract, you're getting no value right from the start. You know. All right, final question, Adam. Final question. Yeah, the, va- yeah, the value, as you guys know, is in the quarterback. If you get a quarterback oh, yeah. early, you not only set your franchise up for the next twelve to fifteen years, but you give yourself an enormous financial advantage. Uh, for the next four or five years as well. You got it. That's the point of it. All right, final question. You're on the clock 24-7, as you just made note of. What happens during Michigan basketball? Well, you know, the, the, <laughs> the iPhones are in your hands, and, and if somebody, you know, in Dominican Sioux, 
uh, wants to sign on Thursday night at 7:37 Eastern when Michigan tips off against Texas A&M. That's the way it goes. You know, that, that, <laughs> Are you that, calling that your shot? Priority. <laughs> that takes a priority over over anything that's recreational. Yep. You know, news, news. You know that that's just very important. You know, the one thing that I've found is, um, you know, like on Saturday morning, <laughs> I am I'm at the groomer or not the groomer, the vet with my dogs. One of my dogs got stitches in his tail. Another one has an ear infection, and I'm sitting there in the lobby with trying to fend off dogs, and I get some text that that this trade is going to be going down, be on the lookout, what's the trade, you'll see, you'll see, and boom, there it is. It shows up on Twitter, the Jets and Colts report it. You know, I'm trying to cut and paste unsuccessfully while I'm holding two dogs, and they're trying to attack other dogs, and you're in the groomer, and, I mean, it was just, you know, it was a chaotic scene, so that that's sort of the way it goes, but that that's life. And uh, that's that's what we deal with, and that's that's part of what we do. Well, you do it well, Adam. Uh, one of the best, if not the best, in the business. We uh, we appreciate your time, your valuable time here. This uh, well, I'd say this time of year, but it's any time of year for you. But hopefully, uh, you get a chance to uh, make up for those five hours uh, that were interrupted by the Dorsey firing. Thanks for your time, Adam. We appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I appreciate you having me, uh, Kevin. Mike, have a great day. Well, we continue our NFL talk, and, and why not talk to the guy who just made the biggest deal in free agency, and that is Agent Mike McCartney, who is Kirk Cousins' agents, among many others that uh, Mike's had the pleasure of putting the numbers in at SpotTrack.com. Hey, Mike, thanks for joining us, and congratulations on what has to have been a fantastic week for you and your company. Yeah, thank you, guys. I'm, uh, it's a pleasure to be on with you, and uh, it was a whirlwind for sure. A great week, though. I'm sure the, the the conversations and possibilities were were numerous for Kirk Cousins. Uh, just kind of give us a little a background in your conversation with Kirk on which direction uh, or directions he had an option of going. Well, we knew once uh, the trade for Alex Smith was announced uh, Super Bowl week to the Redskins that you know there was a great chance that Kirk would you know finally hit unrestricted free agency and. Really leading up to that point, I had, uh, with the help of Kyle Dolan in my office, another agent, we had re- spent a lot of time researching, uh, in particular, seven teams, and just in anticipation of who could possibly be interested if Kirk were to hit the open market. And we looked at a lot of different things. We looked at the rosters. We looked at the coaching staff. We looked at the draft history. We looked at their salary cap. You know, certainly any contracts they had done. We tried to have a real thorough statistical analysis on their squad from really a three-year period. And, and as we put that book together, Kirk uh, leaving the uh, Super Bowl was getting ready to head on vacation. So I made sure that the book was ready for him to on the long plane ride. So he had some reading material and said, hey, you take the next two weeks and you know, really kind of dive into it. And, and I always told him the two most important ingredients for me were I wanted him to jump out of bed excited to walk into a building, into a quarterback room, into a great culture where he was excited and thought there was a great chance to win. And at the end of the day, to walk home or get home to a happy home, a home that was flourishing. And I just felt like if we could marry those two together, then that would be a good job. So I didn't really get into what was most important to him. I figured, you know, he could, you know, figure that out on his own. So we just spent our time really talking through teams and and the different relationships and, and just what we thought about each of those clubs. 
Hey, Mike, you hit on a, uh, on a note there that I want to expand on a little bit. And it, it's something I talk about at SpotTrack quite often in the last few months here. And it, it's the notion of the, the three-year contract. And, and I'm, I, he- I heard you say that you did a three-year analysis in terms of how the teams were laying out future-wise. Um, is, that, is that a direction we're going? I, I mean, certainly, you know, you know, the big contracts, the big free agent splashes, you know, in years past were the five-year deals and, and even six-year deals for these defensive guys. But, uh, you know, you know, are, are we are we getting to an area where these three to four year deals, you know, mostly fully guaranteed, certainly fully guaranteed with Kirk, is that a direction that players want to go? Is that a player a direction you want to take players? I think it's real attractive to me personally. You know, when you really look at these deals, the first thing I look at is what years are guaranteed. You know, whether it's fully or practically, and so when you get a five year deal, typically you get two years of guarantee money, and then you get three one-year team options and players are of course vulnerable and and we see players uh, being released you know all the time so if you could maximize that guarantee in, in, in late in the years then that would be a win for a player um, you know this was this was an ideal situation it's hard to get a great player to the market you know it's just it's rare and we were fortunate that at the most important position, you know, we were able to get one to the market and, and, and capitalize on, on the shorter deal. I think the second piece to the shorter deal in this particular case is the funding rule of the NFL, you know, make it more difficult on clubs. So uh, I, I can remember in conversation, I'm not even sure what team said, well, would you do a four-year deal? And, I'm, and I said, well, of course, if you want to fund a fourth year and fully guarantee it, and they said, well, yeah, we can't do that. <laughs> so really, it's, it's the three-year made of sense in a lot of ways just because of the funding rules. Okay. And, and uh, kind of piggybacking off that question, I'm not sure how much you actually dove into the cap part of Kirk Cousins' deal or any of these deals you've done here over the past week, all, all of which are exciting, I would imagine. But uh, one of the things that, that I've been sorting the track in terms of how the cap, the cap figures and such are laid out is the percent of that in terms of the league cap. And really with the quarterback, it seems that, that the 16% mark appears to be where we, we're living with these big you know, elite quarterback deals. Is that something you take into consideration when you're working with these teams? Is that something teams are asking for in terms of how they want things structured? I don't think teams are wanting to talk about that at all, to be honest with you. I think that's something that we're trying to uh, talk more and more about as, you know, in, in particular. Um, in our office, we do look at that. We study it all the time. You know, what we have to do is balance um, with a club, with the different clubs, what their offers are. And, you know, in Minnesota's case, you know, it just felt like they were at their limit. And, you know, you can make a case uh, looking back at, at uh, how much percentage of cap so-and-so got in previous years and where you want to get to that point. Uh, but there's also a limit where teams can go at some point. So we just felt like with Minnesota we were at that limit. Um, that's something that we talked about. And, and, you know, people are asking me, you know, what's next with these contracts and, and can players build off of a fully guaranteed deal? And, and my answer is, I hope so. And if they can, great. If they can't, maybe they can build off percentage of cap. And that would be a great uh, next step for players as well. Uh, Mike, how much do you advise your clients on, you know, you help them get these tremendous uh, deals and a large amount of money. How much do you advise them on what to do with the money once uh, they sign the contract? I'm real fortunate in that I get really high-character guys, uh, guys that – 
are, are very intelligent. It's just how it's worked out for me. And so when I recruit them out of college, they also, uh, besides uh, hiring priority sports, they hire a financial advisor. In some cases, I'll, I'll have some communication with a financial advisor. In some cases, I won't. In, in Kirk's case, you know, he's, he's an extremely intelligent guy, very bright, and he's had a plan all along. So I, re- I honestly rarely get involved with that piece of it. All right, my final question, and uh, we appreciate you joining us once again. Uh, in terms of how your week has gone here, you've, you've obviously had, had Kirk Cousins and Josh McCown under contract, and then there's been a few non-quarterbacks. And, and really, if you can just kind of speak to the difference in negotiating a quarterback contract versus a non-quarterback in this modern age here. Well, the, the interesting the interesting thing about the quarterback market last week is, um, you know, I think Kirk was the first uh, – you know, one to go, and then when the ESPN report, maybe it was NFL Network, when the reports came out that we were uh, we had agreed to visit Minnesota first, and Tuesday was a crazy day uh, from a free agent standpoint because there probably weren't enough uh, quarterbacks to fill all the chairs, so teams were really uh, pushing to get guys to you know agree to a contract, and so I think. Accelerated the rest of the starting quarterbacks, whether they were, you know, starters or bridge starters. With the offensive lineman, you know, Ryan Jensen ended up signing with Tampa Bay. That was a little different in that, you know, there were multiple teams involved, and and they all made early offers on Monday. And by the end of the day, I knew I was, I had a real strong market. So I went back to each team and just said, hey, we got to step up a little more before we decide kind of where to go from here. You know, it, when you're in the open market, you know, every player is different. It just, a lot of it depends on how many teams are involved, how aggressive teams are. I'm personally a big believer that we can get really close to dollars, but a player needs to go in the building, sit down with the coaching staff, meet the people involved, get a feel for culture before we really finalize the deal. And I'm in, in, in Ryan Jensen's case, I'm very appreciative that both Tampa Bay and Indy visited him and agreed not to negotiate and to let him out of the building. Most times when a player walks in, a team's uh, mindset is we're not going to let him out of the building. Uh, in this case, they both allowed that you know opportunity for Ryan to complete his visit, and then he went home and made his decision. So Every guy's different, every team's different, and this, there's something to be said about doing this year in and year out to get a feel for each team and how they operate. Well, that's a, a neat insight there on uh, how they were able to let him go home and make a decision. Final thing after you, Mike, and we really appreciate your time here. Uh, what prospects in for April's draft do you have in the first round? Do you have any uh, guys we should look out for? I don't think I have a first-rounder. Uh, uh, Kyle Laletta, the Richmond quarterback, has uh, had a great offseason. Uh, he started with a terrific senior bowl and has continued it with uh, the combine and some personal workouts and his pro day as well. So hopefully it's going to be the whole quarterback thing will be fascinating in that first round, and, and I think that there's going to be a couple more guys in that second round, for sure that third-round area. It'll be fun to watch. All right, great stuff. Mike, thank you uh, for your time. Congratulations on what's been a great offseason so far for Priority Sports and Entertainment, and I'm sure that will continue. Appreciate you guys, Michael and Kevin. Have a great day. Well, great stuff there, Mike, uh, from Mike McCartney. Like, I hope people appreciate, you know, it was brief that we had both Adam Schefter and Mike McCartney on, but, I mean, we're still in the throes of yeah, <laughs> NFL really. free agency, right? Yeah. So 
these guys are super busy and they took 10 minutes each out of their day and you could hear them both uh, working away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I myself am sitting here watching contract numbers come up in front of me and I'm, you know, getting ready to pass out with all the work I have to do after this. But <laughs> yeah, well, you know, he mentioned uh, for a couple things with Mike, by the way, if you're wondering, yes, there is a relation to former Colorado Buffaloes head coach Bill McCartney. Mike is his son mm-hmm. and uh, helped him there and went on to a, a career in uh, college uh, coaching, pro scout for the Bears, worked in the uh, – joined the Eagles, Eagles as a director of pro personnel. So he's yeah. got that inside knowledge before uh, becoming an agent, which sometimes it's the reverse, right? The agent helps, you know, in the front office in a, in a GM there. Uh, and I didn't want to bring up – I didn't want to – we had such limited time with him. Yeah, sure. I didn't want to yeah, waste can... it on the Colorado Buffaloes. But if you've <laughs> seen the 30 for 30 on them, yeah. Uh, go watch it. It's uh, outstanding. Yeah, outstanding. Some insight job. into how that family's worked. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's that's certainly true. You know what's interesting? Um, you know, we talk about the Kirk Cousins deal, but that Jensen deal for cent- like two centers have signed big, big money, right? Big. big. Uh, those the trenches are getting money. I mean, they really are. It's it's been a nice year for the offensive linemen. I think I think really what we're seeing is that was one of the better, the deeper uh, free agent markets out there. I mean. The wide receiver group wasn't great. You know, you had to overpay for guys that were questionable at best. Sure. And, uh, you know, obviously the quarterbacks dominated everything, but we saw we saw a bit of a dip with, like, even the pass rushers in terms of how that money came down. I mean, any kind of red flags on these guys passed, and the money dropped in half. I right. Mean, Muhammad Wilkerson, Sheldon Richardson. I mean, yeah. my goodness. You right, know? The biggest money for defensive tackle was Buffalo. Star Latule, yeah. Yeah, Star Latule, yeah. So Which might be an overpay by the end of it. I mean, the way thing, everything else is hashing out here. So we'll have to see where that ranks in terms of defensive contracts this offseason. Well, will Sue get more? I would have to imagine Sue gets more than ten million. I mean, I valued him at fourteen without even trying. Really, I sure. mean, he's coming off you know the top, the top defensive contract in terms of the defensive lineman. Um, he's still playing great. You know, he's yeah. still a great player. He's he's not crazy old in terms of how the defensive linemen stack up. So, is the money there for him though? Yeah, it's a, it's got to be the right team. I mean, I'm here in Dallas, which no way in terms of money, no way. Right. Uh, you know, right. no way Philly, no way Pittsburgh in terms of their salary cap. Sure. So. Unless they're planning on cutting the rest of the defensive line to accommodate them. I mean, well, San Fran's uh, a team with the money, right? San Fran can do it. Cleveland can certainly do it. Uh, you know, I think the Saints can make it work. That's, I think that's maybe the most, the logical team. I've, I've heard that he's been there. I think that's a team that wants him. Um, I think they can make it work financially if they, you know, get rid of some fat in terms of their cap. But uh, that's probably, that's definitely one to watch. It's probably, unarguably the top free agent available still in the market here. So that's the one to watch in terms of the dollars and cents. All right. Great week. Uh, it has been in the National Football League. Uh, real quick, Mike, the other sport, baseball, are yeah. we still uh, starting to see something there? We Hopefully are. soon. We, We're we a are. month away. I mean, most Less the, than a month away. Most, a week and a half away. March 29th, 10 days. That's true. 10 days. Yeah. I'm, I'm on pins he- and needles here. <laughs> uh, in terms of the numbers, yeah, the, the free agents have pretty much kind of filed in. It's been small deals for you know way less money than we all anticipated coming into this thing but uh you know we've, we've got a lot of the pre-arbitration salaries in spot track now so the rosters are starting to round out in terms of how the payrolls are stacking up uh that's something we'll continue to finalize this last week here and then uh hopefully this time next week we'll be doing a you know a baseball episode here and talking about all the money of baseball for the 2018 season and how that's going to shape going forward yeah and if your kid's a lefty have him pitch. pitch. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, he'll be on spot track for many, many, many years to come if he's a left-hander and can throw. All right. I uh, hope you enjoyed the special guest on this edition of the SpotTrack.com podcast. For the founder of SpotTrack.com, Mike Gennetti, I'm Kevin Sylvester. Thanks for joining us.